Phil is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's PHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, PHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's PHP. Welcome to episode 42 of the PHP Town Hall Podcast. You have myself, Ben Edmonds, and Phil Sturgeon tonight, as always. And we're joined by Paul Dracunas, which I'm sure I butchered, and Vance Lucas. Uh, let's start out with Paul. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and how do we pronounce your last name? It's Dragunas, so with a G. It's like, it's like dragon with two O's, right? Perfect. So, okay. You got it. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself for people that don't know you. What are you involved in? What are you interested in? Uh, involved in? Kind of, you know, it's kind of changed a little bit over the past maybe 10 years, but primarily PHP stuff and going from like PHP internal stuff to extensions to the PHP website to, and then PPI framework, which is kind of coexisted with my kind of consulting or you know professional PHP career and then um, uh, and then you know I would, the, the idea of PPI framework was like interops, interoperability stuff before there was that was like a term and then the PHP fig group kind of came together so I, that's where I put out some of my time and then these days I spend my time just you know doing PHP fig stuff growing PPI framework further and uh, as a day job I do consulting for the, the government co- uh, companies rolling out P- PSRs and Zen framework and doctrine and stuff like that so Keeps me keys and busy. Cool. Okay. Um, Vance, the same for you. Tell us a little about yourself. Me yeah, and you first. Uh, yeah, uh, I work full time at NetSuite right now. I'm a uh, developer on their e-commerce platform, uh, building a CMS into their uh, e-commerce system for their customers. Uh, previous to that, I uh, ran a uh, web development studio called Brightbit for four years uh, with two other guys, and uh, we had four employees as well. Um, if you're in the PHP community, you might uh, know me from some conferences uh, I've spoken at, or uh, maybe from the uh, from some open source stuff I published. Uh, PHP.env um, is probably the biggest, most popular project. Um, Spot to ORM is another one I published that's gaining in popularity and is uh, used in OpenCFP currently, as well as some other projects. Oh yeah, that actually um, looked at Spot. It's a uh, pretty nice yeah. ORM. Yeah, it's based off the Doctrine D-Ball, um, but it's just a nicer, uh, in my opinion, it's a, it's a simpler, I don't know, simpler Doctrine, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess that's... Uh, oh, I'm also involved in uh, a lot of community stuff in Oklahoma City. Uh, started a Oklahoma City JavaScript user group and uh, two over two years ago, um, leading a PHP user group as well, um, uh, with two... with uh, co-founded those, so with, with some other people as well. Um, got a conference called Thunder Plains uh, that we have here in Oklahoma City every year. Uh, it's mainly... JavaScript and related technologies, uh, Node, Mobile, 
web stuff, uh, that kind of thing. So. Sweet. Uh, I've actually used the .dm package a couple of times. Um, it was real nice for me uh, to find a good way of doing that stuff. It, um, in Laravel, the .dm stuff used to be a little bit broken. I think they, in version, uh, version 5, rolled your package in, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Now it works perfect. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's cool to come across like people that, that use other languages and then they like, pick up those uh, pick up the tools from these languages and bring them back to PHP, right? Because quite, yeah. quite, quite a few things like that, like .env is very popular in uh, Ruby and Python Ruby. And, and stuff like yep. that. Yeah, yeah my, uh, uh, so when I ran Brightbit for four years, uh, most of our projects were in Ruby. Most of our projects were Rails. Um, so I have a significant amount of Rails experience as well. Um, and we used .m for everything, and then I would come back to doing uh, PHP projects because any PHP projects we did at Brightbit, I was like the lead PHP guy there. Uh, so I got to, do, I still got to do a lot of PHP at Brightbit, but um, uh, I would always come back to do PHP projects, and I'd be like, man, we, this is like not a solved problem, and uh, for PHP, so I basically just um, copied or uh, trans uh, translated. Uh, rubies.env uh, by beekeepers to, uh, uh, to for PHP and, and it's and uh, it's kind of ironic that my most popular package is one that I just like copied from another language. <laughs> I was going to say plagiarizing. Translated was a nice way of saying like blindly ripped off. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> it was inspired by. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I enjoy or, or use a lot has come from other places. So, um, yeah. uh, with with Fractal, that's pretty much me ripping off Active Model Serializer for, for Ruby yeah. um, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, I actually I actually made a library called Hyperspan that I used uh, to create hypermedia presentations. Uh, but Fractal Fractal looks awesome too. Uh, yeah, I just never did anything with Hyperspan, really. That's fair. It's, it's a really big world to get into. Like when you try and yeah. um, like representing data is obviously a pretty fucking vague object uh, objective for a project. And so things like Fractal are like we help convert your data into like other data, and it is different. Right. And it gets really uh, obscure when you start trying to support things like JSON API and how and like other people all have their own idea of how they want to represent their data, so you have like custom yeah. nested includes and all this shit. And um, yeah, that's that's why I'm happily dumping it off on someone else now. So someone's gonna take it. Right. <laughs> and there's multiple ways you can go with it too. I think you can uh, I think we we picked opposite directions actually, Phil. I was looking at your stuff. It looks like Fractal, you basically uh, determine how you want to format your data, like what you want your output to be and how you want to format your data. In, uh, in my library, I went. Um, I added methods where you could add. Uh, you basically build a an object, uh, a response with generic methods like add properties, add item, and then you can format it with uh, siren or how, or uh, whatever whatever representers um, you have. So um, it's like the same problem at two different angles. Me, I was like generic input and then multiple output formats and you were like uh, format the way that you want it to look, you know? So it's... Yeah, it's, yeah I'm not entirely happy with it. it version 1, Fractal needs to be recoded and uh, I, I found uh, one or two people that, that might take over and um, we'll try and change change the way it all works. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting problem that hasn't really been solved properly by other people. There's things like JMS Serializer, I think, which I didn't know about. 
which is um, apparently incredibly complex. So a lot of people were not too excited about using JMS Serializer. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep. I'm going to hope they keep at it anyway, because uh, people need to represent their data instead of just like passing it out into the screen and being like, here's just all the shit I pulled out of my database right. and you know, throw right. it on the screen right there. So, yep, I know what you mean. Uh, what what else are we talking about today? Um, I don't know much about Thunderplanes. What, what is Thunderplanes? Um, yeah, so uh, it's thunderplanesconf.com. Uh, just... ThunderPlanesConf.com. Uh, we actually have our CFP open right now. Uh, if you want to submit um, the topics, it's it's basically out of the JavaScript uh, community here that we've grown. So um, it's going to be JavaScript talks and anything anything that touches JavaScript. Uh, we even had a database talk. I think our first year a Postgres database talk. Um, it's so it's, uh, I mean, we have mobile talks, we have some soft talks, we have, uh, of course, you know, uh, kind of hardcore JavaScript talks. We have uh, talks on specific libraries like Angular, uh, Ember, um, probably have a talk on React this year since it's the hot, the hot shit this year. Um, uh, <laughs> this week, maybe, right, with JavaScript. Until somebody writes a new one next week. <laughs> Right, right. I do love how much uh, people make fun of PHP for having a bazillion different frameworks, but then you look at JavaScript and it's got even more. They make yeah. laugh about a week is the average lifespan, I think. Right. Well, you know, in my mind, uh, JavaScript and PHP have a lot of similarities. Um, they're both kind of evolved languages, not designed ones from the beginning. Um, they both started with a really small subset of stuff and then just kind of, um, kind of kept piling other stuff on top of it. Um, and so I think they have similar... Um, Similar ways that they came about, similar processes um, that happened in both languages. Um, that's another probably conversation, though. But uh, yeah, so Thunderplanes, uh, that's it's a it's currently a one day conference. This year we might expand it to two days if we have enough uh, submissions. We're trying to kind of gauge. Um, it's kind of set as a one day right now. Uh, maybe two day, depending on what we want to do. But uh, yeah, so check it out if you're interested in JavaScript or any uh, mobile, uh, any related stuff. Uh, <laughs> so. Well put. Well put. <laughs> yeah. such, um, a big, uh, such a big, all-encompassing like thing. Uh, <laughs> I'd also say like there's a lot of people that do PHP and they think, oh, maybe this doesn't fit right, but you, you definitely end up touching JavaScript, so it's, it's good for yeah, all I mean, to branch out a bit, you know? Yeah, well, and a lot of PHP developers will make a, a PHP API and then they'll use, uh, you know, Angular, Ember, or something on the front end, so... Yeah, or they'll sure. write a mobile app in, uh, you know, Accelerator, Titanium, or React, or something, uh, yeah. on Gap. Oh, did you have something to throw in there? Uh, I was kind of trolling a lot of it. I was going to say um, <laughs> a PHP and JavaScript both have closures, so it's the same line, same thing, right? Pretty much. They're both turning into Java <laughs> or something. <laughs> It's my, I spend a lot of my day job yeah. trying to stop people from putting, because I do quality assurance, I, I have to do, do code quality, and people are trying to put, they have like return, and then they have a closure, and then inside that they have another closure. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Paul, you get involved with the PHP.net website, right? How did you get uh, suckered into that one? Um, I just get more involved in the, the PHP team, you know, the, like, the language level, and looking around and I've seen a, you know, where, you know, I do like internal stuff and then a bit of like documentation and a bit of website stuff here and there. And I looked around and 
there was a lot of there was a lot of people there who are like C programmers and system developers like myself, but uh, doing like the core stuff, like not either language, but there was not a lot of people that who were like any good at the web stuff. So I kind of said, you know, I just kind of raised my hand to, you know, I'll take care of web stuff and because uh, that was something that I was pretty good at already. So um, I just started doing that and over time I was like, yeah, we should re- we should refactor the old shitty website and actually build something that's like jQuery. Yay, give us jQuery. And it evolved over time and uh, yeah, it, it took us about a year and a half, maybe two years, but eventually we kind of got something decent together and I, I added a few... You know, the little bar at the top of the website that's like step into the future or like, you know, like stuff. Yeah, I added that and these types of things. And I ended up taking, uh, while trying to take, if you remember that bar at the top of the PHP website, uh, I, I accidentally took the entire PHP.net uh, website down trying to add that feature. Uh, all mirrors. Nice. Because somebody forgot to tell me or, I don't know. Something that I, I did, basically I didn't know that you couldn't use PHP sessions on PHP.net uh, for because for the, the way the architecture works underneath. So you have to use cookies, but I didn't know this. So there was like basically I added like if you press the button already, then you don't it, it will keep keep you on the new theme, or if you say no thank you, it will remember to keep you on the old theme. And I you try to use sessions to keep that state, and I you don't yeah it just like totally fucked everything and. And because I had analytics on the web, the Google, the PHP.net website as well, so I just watched all the all the, the requests just go like from like four thousand concurrent users down like three thousand, two thousand, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, something's went wrong. Help! And then shit. Uh, uh, Hannes, his his name's B B J O R I, Biori. Uh, he just like reverted my commit, and I'm like, yay, we're live. The, the build is green, let's go. So that was, uh, yeah, some shit that, that happens from time to time. You, when you get commit access to, like, feature that, right, you just, sometimes you bring the whole site down. But, uh, that's life, right? It'd be great if people working on, on the PHP website knew how to write PHP or... Um, <laughs> is, um, so PHP.net, is it running PPI, or what's it running underneath? Uh, Barebones PHP, like... Nice. Like, like uh, no, it's not nice. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> is it procedural? Because that would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's procedural. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can probably guarantee you that, if, that, like, the way that the structures and the way it works, it's probably not evolved since like PHP four point one or something. Like, it's oh, terrible. Yeah, I was going to ask. The it's got like here docs and shit everywhere. Like here docs everywhere. Like string concatenations and globals, and it's it's just. I don't have a word for it, honestly. It, it's like unique. It's uniquely terrible. But it works, and it's like you need to like. That's just PHP.net, and nothing else is as as bad as that, in my opinion. But it works really well, so it's uh, kind of people kind of ranting all frameworks, frameworks, and then it just shows you that you don't need fancy frameworks or objects to write systems that scale that that, that are, you know, like PHP.net, right? So. It's, I'm actually quite interested about the uh, the PHP.net website, and I'm thinking of loads of questions to ask you, like. Um, how do you handle deployments and like are there presentation layers or is it all just fucking sprinkled in together? Like tell us more about it. Deployments, <clears throat> there's mirrors. We have two mirrors per country. Sometimes we have three, depending on like UK or US, right? Big countries. Um, uh, each there's like a master server, and he's the guy that like basically does jobs, cron jobs and stuff. It's basically it's a glorified cron system with mirrors. Mirrors, that's it really. Uh, I'm sure, that, of course, there's more 
to that, but fundamentally that's how it works. And um, if you're running a script to generate data or scrape data or pull data in, uh, it just runs on the master server. <clears throat> and then all the mirrors just have a, a rsync. Uh, so that's not rs, but r-s-y-n-c. Uh, yeah, just rsyncs the data to the mirrors and they have a local a local XML file or actually they don't use JSON, uh, they use FAR export uh, for all the data storage on the mirrors. So yeah, you, you it's, it's classy, you FAR export the data and then it just gets re-imported on the mirrors and you've got like, you know, conference lists and sorts of nonsense. That sounds very terrible. It gets, it gets worse. It's like the rabbit hole gets deeper and deeper every time you, you open it up. You know. I think I opened up the code one time. I was trying to run it locally, and I had a go, and I went, I, there's not enough time in the world. Uh, so more, more power to you for, for doing that. Um, and, yeah, the other question uh, was, like, it, how does it handle presentation logic? Is the, is the PHP just kind of all munged in together with the, with the stuff, or do you have, like, smarty templates? Or? There's no, absolutely no templating. Well, I added a few templating but it's like it's like one percent, I guess. Uh, it's writing HTML inside PHP rather than writing PHP inside HTML, right? It's so is it like docs, docs and string like Twitter? What? Sorry, is it is it like header and then stuff and then footer? Yeah, it's like header fun procedural function, and then you like do some shit, and then it's like footer, and there's globals everywhere, and they're jumping in, and it's a it's a there's like there's there's like global variables that are all uppercase variables. They're not constants. They're variables. They're uppercase, and they don't have any keys. A lot of them just have like zero, one, two, three, and that means something magic. You know, it's like yeah, it's actually terrible. It's cool. Man. Not, it's unique. It's, there's not a word for it, right? On a scale yeah. of like this, the, like the best system and the worst system, there's there's a level like below that. Uh, it's like PHP.net. You know, that's like its own level. That's cool, man. It, it makes me nostalgic. It reminds me of when I was writing code when I was 11, so that's, that's cool. Well, it was probably written when you were 11, so there you go. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that was like three years ago. Hey, I'm, I'm still young. <laughs> yeah, four, 15, 15 years ago. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny, man. Uh, so how, if somebody was interested in contributing to PHP.net to try and maybe unfuck that situation a little bit, um, if we haven't put them off completely, how would you suggest they get in touch? And are there many people working on it? So the quick answer about how many people, there's like four, three, you know, some people come and go. Ra actually, Rasmus commits a lot of code to that. Uh, probably I'd say more, probably, uh, well, I wouldn't say more so than the peachweek.core, but I personally, I see a lot more commits coming through in my inbox that Rasmus is, Rasmus is constantly fixing a, <clears throat> like, XSS stuff like HTML entities this and HTML entities that and make sure there's UTFA and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's me. Uh, well, not, not me first, but <clears throat> like Rasmus. Uh, there's Biori, the guy I mentioned, Hannes Magnuson. He's doing a lot of like long term stuff. And a guy called Peter uh, Bullocks. Uh, I'm usually pretty actually the names as well. Just just go with Twitter handle. I'm sure that's easier. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's because I'm on the spot. He, <laughs> um, he's actually from. He's also from Scotland. Um, Peter or something. I'll come back to. But uh, yeah, him and you know myself and the guy called Levi Levi Morrison. You know him because I think you were involved like an RFC. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had him on the show once. Or twice. So it was 
it was pretty much me myself. It was myself and Levi doing the styling of the new site, and people helped here and there. But uh, like uh, there's there's HTML, then there's JavaScript, and then there's styling, you know. And myself and Levi done a lot of the refactoring of the styling, the way it looks. You know, we actually didn't change anything underneath the way, the way this PHP don't know how it works. It's purely styling. It was a a, a CSS and a HTML front page. Uh, no sprint that took two years. Uh, so yeah. So that, anyway, the question is how many people are there? Just like a you know five, six most. Um, how to get involved? There are you can go to the you can go to GitHub and GitHub slash PHP and that is well, it's PHP hyphen web I guess. You know if you're looking at the source tree, you know it's like PHP source, PHP all these stuff. There's one for web and. Uh, there's a read media, and it's all over the wiki as well. What I'll do is, it's not easy. It's not the easiest thing to find. So if you can put show notes up, remind me. There's a script. It's like a bash script. You download, uh, you run it, and that basically does it. It puts a PHP.NET mirror on your machine. Uh, so it, it's, it just fully downloads everything, and yeah, it's good to go. Uh, Hannes made that. So um, yeah, so that's that's how you get involved. So I'll put a link up, and you to run the script and. Yeah, yeah, you've got a you've got a PHP.net website on your machine. That's awesome, man. Um, so Vance, uh, you had brought up a question in group chat, which I thought was pretty fun and very related to that. So do you want to take it away? Right. Yeah. Um. I, you know, this can go for everyone here. Um. I was just wondering. I think we all have stories of horrible websites and horrible code bases we've worked on. Uh, I just want to know, like, uh, from everyone. Uh, and I guess I'll go last. What's the what's the worst code base you guys have ever worked on, and why was it so terrible? We're having a game of polite chicken and waiting for everyone yeah, else. First. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So this one was only like last year. Uh, they hired me for some freelancing and do some security consulting, and it's an e-commerce system that actually has users, which is probably the scariest part. And it was uh, pretty much homegrown PHP. It actually used, you know, some classes and stuff, but of course it was horribly designed. Uh, most of the code was in views somehow, and by most of the code I mean like 90% of the code that mattered, including the SQL queries. Um, the SQL queries were not escaped at all. And so you have an e-commerce system with code in the views doing unescaped SQL queries. It was uh, really fucking scary, basically, is the best way to describe it. Um, was that was that the basis of your book, the uh, security application book? Actually, it was. after the book. They they contacted me because of the book, and I was like, "What have I done? <laughs> I have made a terrible mistake." <laughs> now people are going to ask me questions about security balls. <laughs> uh, so that sounds that sounds. Yeah, pretty cool. My uh, my dog's barking in the background. Yeah, so that's mine. Uh, next. Uh, I think I think Paul might have already answered this question. <laughs> Paul, is, uh, is the PHP Net website the, the worst code base you worked on, or do you have any other clangers? There was a PHP three, but uh, or, yeah, the PHP three slash PHP four system that I had to maintain for the government uh, uh, eight years ago now. Uh, it was a I won't say what government department it was. Probably shouldn't. Right? Uh, they're probably spying on me right now. So. I don't even know what government it was with your accent. Uh, it was, I think it was the English government, or could be the Welsh government. I can't remember. There was the hybrid. There was like the company I worked with. Done. You know your country's fucked up when you don't know which government you worked for. 
the, my, my, my client had, was done work for like the Welsh, English, Irish and Scottish government, multiple projects at the same time. So uh, you would just be uh, like working on this one and that one and this one. But uh, anyway, there was this system and it was like, I thought I knew uh, all the, the messed up things about PHP 4. And then I heard about this. Then I was like, there was these variables lying around. And I'm like, nobody's declared these variables. Where did they come from? And then I learned there was a new feature called Register Globals. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this feature? Sorry, I was, th- I was taking down notes. Yes, I've heard of Register Globals. But yeah. At that point in time, I hadn't, right? <laughs> Pure luck, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty bad. And I could manipulate the entire script with get params because wow. there was it wasn't just you know explicitly underscore get it was a uh, variables in the code and you can manipulate variables in the code uh, it was pretty bollocks so yeah. that, that one, tops it one second yeah so for those that were lucky enough to jump into php after the clusterfuck that was register globals was removed or at least suggested against uh, register globals was a, an option that you could enable which would uh, take pretty much any get post cookie whatever the hell it was and jam it into being a variable uh, just like a standard variable, so you wouldn't have to, I guess, go to the extra effort of writing underscore get, or maybe those things would exist. Um, it was a long time ago, I forget, but uh, the problem was, because PHP always used to support um, having, you could use undeclared variables, so you just like reference a variable and uh, and it defaults to null, um, you could completely mess with pretty much any, any PHP script that used uh, undeclared variables. So you could just type in a get parameter, like Paul was saying, and then it would theoretically affect the script, which is terrible. Luckily, that's gone now. When was when was Registered Globals removed, Paul? Five, I guess, maybe. Okay. We, had, we went through that transition phase where we were like, we should try and face these things out, right? Like magic quotes and all that nonsense. So I think it was in that like umbrella of let's slowly get rid of this nonsense. Hmm. I couldn't tell you because I hadn't you personally used it, so it didn't really affect me. After that, after that project, it's about a decade at least, though, right? So it's quite a while. Stuff like that makes me feel old. I have all this useless knowledge. It's like the, the fact that we all know how font tags work, and we will never use that shit again, right? There's all this information in here that's just completely fucking useless, um, and there's just not enough room for like new stuff. Yeah. Get rid of some of that if you drink a little more, maybe. Well, if I switch to something a little bit better than uh, PBR, but I am in Williamsburg. If I drink anything else, they'll hunt me down. A few more drinks and there'll be marquee, marquees floating around your screen. <laughs> well, that's actually a, a very apt comment to make. You heard that um, the marquee tag was made because they were drunk. Uh, they, they got together, uh, there were people that worked at um, like uh, Netscape or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. They were just like, what's the most disgusting HTML tag we could make? Ah, oh, something that like scrolls around, that would be gross, wouldn't it? Or this might be in the blink tag, I can't remember which one. But they were like, fuck it, let's give it a, a go. The picture was blank, and they said they did it in like a night. Like, they just stayed up drinking all yeah. night. But, yeah. Yeah, they were out having a beer, and then like someone went, we should make a blinking tag. And they went, fuck it, let's do that. Let's put it live. And they just ran off to the office and got, got working on it. <laughs> I, I haven't heard this story, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they work anymore. Um, I've tried. I tried putting those tags in uh, just as a. Uh, we were we were adding an HTML element to our CMS, and I just tried just to mess around. I tried putting like a blink and a marquee together, and uh, and they did nothing in, in the latest Chrome. So. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was kind of sad. <laughs> you can still do it with JavaScript if you really need to, but. Uh... Yeah, well, it's funny, there's, there's been a bunch of changes like that. Like, a lot of people uh, don't know that the iHTML tag used to be italic, right? Because you now have EM, which is for emphasis. Um, but the, it used to be just the I, and now I is something else, I think, and that's for, like, informational or some other shit. 
So interesting. I've never used. I never used EM. I've, it's semantic markup. I yeah. used iTag like last week. I use it constantly. I'm like, I use the center tag and the iTag all the time. Like constantly. You're, just, you're a I bad person. So, real time follow up by Kale or Kale Nielsen. It's Kale, yeah. Uh, they say that register globals were removed in 5.4. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, but they were deprecated before. They've been deprecated that. for a while, but removed yeah. in 5.4. Yeah, well, PHP's always slow to remove, completely remove a feature from the language, so. Yeah, my uh, I think the community as a whole has not really been using it for, I mean, a decade, I would say. It's been a long time. Yeah, if I had to replace, if I had to pick, like, one bit of advice from the PHP The Right Way website uh, back before it was removed, and, and, like, just that was the only bit of advice, it would be don't use that shit. <laughs> um, just about as, as good as, like, not binding your, your data parameters for input and stuff. It's just really, really dumb. Uh, moving on, I had an awesome question that I forgot. Well, I think we're, we're seeing this ha- thing happen again. Where wait, wait, hold on, hold on. It's your turn, I think, Phil, for the, oh, the worst code base. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, we had this problem <laughs> on the uh, episode 40 where I was sober and the podcast was awful, so I'm going to try and work on that. You should drink a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need I'm you to sorry. prepare for the podcast next time and do a shot first. <laughs> no, uh, we, don't, we don't need him to create the worst code base. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm still recovering from last night. I had enough to kill a, kill a family of rhinos, but... Um, have you, have you, I'm sorry, Phil. Have you heard of the game? It's the a game? drinking game. And it's no. if, you take, if you shout out a random word and you Google that, and it's a JavaScript library, then <laughs> you have to take a shot. I have like, that game. That's a good game. Yeah, like, like zombie or table or like ceiling or something. And there's like a, there's a JavaScript game for every verb in the language. And let's, if you get it right... Let's give it a try. Let's give it a try right now. So um, I'm going to need each of you to say a word, and then I'm going to Google it and take a massive chug of uh, PBR if it's a JavaScript framework. If it's not a JavaScript framework, then I'll probably just drink this anyway. But uh, Ben, go first. Angular. Oh, all right. I don't need to Google that. All right. Are we just going to end the... Fine. This is just get Phil drunk on, on camera and let's see what happens. Okay. So, uh, Paul, go. This is not... So I'm going to have actually try and play the game. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking around. Uh, what about door? Door. Door. Okay. Door. Dot js. Right. If if that exists. Door.js. Oh, I'm on DuckDuckGo. So obviously nothing's going to come up. That's a fucking useless website. Uh, door.js. Now hold on. We get to see how slow my internet connection is now. Doors is an npm package. Oh. <laughs> Openable door JS. Okay, yeah. So there's there's something on the there is something for that. So. Jeez. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a framework, but it is a JavaScript library that you load via Node. So. Yeah, it's do- doors JS is a is a is a component. I think that's how it works. Uh, ben, do you have one? Um, Sparkle. Sparkle. Okay. It seems like you know that that's probably a thing. That wasn't exactly random. I don't believe. Uh, there is Sparkle.js. What is this? Sparkle.js can add a sparkle effect to a web page. Wow, that's almost as bad as snow. Um, I'm going to drink just out of pure depression that this exists. <laughs> mm. Okay, Phil. Uh, right. Phil wow, this is uh, good radio. Let's hear about your yeah. worst uh, your worst project, Phil. 
Uh, I think I might have brought it up before, and it's something I've spoken about a few times. Um, it's not a personal attack on anyone that's involved in that company, but their product was awful, and uh, I know that, that Greg Sherwood works there, and he's a, he's a lovely chap that does the PHP code sniffer, so not trying to make fun of him, but there's the CMS called MySource Matrix, um, which was um, implemented at a company I used to work at, a massive financial services company. We replaced a kind of a hand-rolled legacy code base, which was... It sounds not that dissimilar to the PHP.net website, but it was actually really well, well built. Um, it was all, uh, it, was a, it was a whole bunch of uh, custom code that handled a lot of really complicated financial services, and, and the, the website worked really bloody well. And we replaced it with uh, this, ma- this MySource matrix, which was an absolute steaming pile of shit. The only bit of code in there that I liked was a bit of code that was a um, it was benchmark utility, which would, based on how... Uh, how long it take between the initial start time and the uh, and the current time? It would it would print an ASCII cow of a, of a certain size. So the larger the cow, the slower the website. And then if you didn't see a cow at all, then it meant that the, the page timed out. Right? It was just the most fucking ridiculous thing. But that was the best part. The worst part was that all the way through every single class, if there was any sort of error, um, no exceptions were used. But if there was an error. Then it would, uh, in the middle of this, like my source matrix dot class dot php dot inc or whatever it was, in the middle of this class, um, if there was an error, then it would switch into it would switch out of PHP mode and go into into HTML mode, and then embed script tags and use a JavaScript based redirect um, to send you to a new URL which would contain the error. Like the whole fucking thing was a complete nightmare, and uh, we spent we spent about a million pounds. So that's like. Five million dollars, if I'm getting my currency conversion ratio right, and uh, we spent about a million getting that into the company, and I have no idea why we did that. I, I crowbarred it in and then quit that company as fast as I fucking could. <laughs> this is the I think this is turned into a PHP therapy group. <laughs> Hold me, bringing back some terrible memories. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to have another drink. Well, uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, Mine. I worked on some. I've worked on a lot of bad PHP. Uh, I freelanced all through high school and college, and so I've worked on a lot of bad PHP. But I would have to say the worst project I've ever worked on was actually a Node app, and it's because um, it was like a novice. Uh, I don't know, super beginner, uh, like WordPress uh, theme hacker or whatever uh, PHP guy who decided um, to do this Node app for a, a, um, a really prestigious Ivy League school, probably the first one that you're thinking of. And um, we were at Brightbit. We, got, we, we bid on this project, and they passed on us because we they, they thought we were too high, and they went with the cheap guy. And uh, a year later, they got, a year later, they called us, and they were like, um, we're having trouble with this thing that that this guy made, can you check it out? And uh, basically it was a system where uh, uh, at, at the visitor center or the alumni center, you check in uh, with iPads and then you, you mark where you're from and then it drops a pin on a map on like a big TV screen um, in the middle of the visitor center. So it's kind of a cool thing. <clears throat> this guy did it with Node and WebSockets and everything. But um, he just had no no idea what he was doing. So I, I take a I take a look at the app, and first of all, all of the JavaScript is just in a single file. It's like uh, blah, you know, uh, and it's not even app.js like you would think. He like made this <laughs> controller. So the file was called 
uh, controller2.js, and apparently there was some controller1 that had <laughs> not made it to the final cut. But there wasn't, like, views or models? It was just a single controller? No, it was just a single file. It, well, it was called controller. It wasn't really a controller. Um, but anyway, so... so the reason why that this was so bad, though, was not only that, but it's because since he had done this in Node, there were also concurrency issues and um, issues that you wouldn't experience in a PHP app. Um, and so, like, he connected to uh, the MySQL database at the top of the script, and then um, they had a problem where they would have to restart the server every night because um, the database wouldn't work when they come in the next morning. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like. Uh, they told me this, and I'm like, I think I might know what's going on. I checked the logs, and the logs are just full of, you know, MySQL server has gone away. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know what the problem is right now. And the problem is uh, Node is a long-running process. So when you start the script, it just runs forever. And there's no activity after, like, you know, 5 p.m. when they close the visitor center. And so MySQL has this connection that's open because he only opened a single connection at the top of the file. It has this connection that's been open that's, that's, that's not being used anymore. And then it hits the, the max timeout, the MySQL max timeout, and just closes. And the MySQL goes, oh, oh, look, I see you have an open connection that you haven't used in a while. Let me just help you. I'm going to close that for you. And then... You know, and, and the node still still sending, still thinks it has a handle on the query. Um, and every time it sends a you know, query, it just nothing happens, and the whole thing hangs. Um, and uh, these are things like you know you have to use a connection pool with Node because it's a long running process. You you can't uh, you can't just create a single connection and then start firing off queries. Um, there were other things. He he had this little homegrown queue system that um, that was not. Uh, wasn't doing right. Um, he he tried to set up situations um, where it would do like two or three things, and then and then after those three things were done, something else would happen, and he just didn't get the order of them right, or some, there was something funky in there where it kind of worked but not always, and just a whole bunch of garbage like that. And uh, they didn't have the budget to completely redo it, so unfortunately, I had to you know get in there and. <laughs> Picked it the best that I could, um, but yeah, that was that was by far the worst app I ever worked on. Oh, uh, <laughs> since it was JavaScript, he also had some uh, just straight up copied JavaScript like functions on the front end and in this Node app, <laughs> because you know, hey, I run JavaScript on the server too, so I'm just going to copy this function and use it on the server side too. Um, he was doing geo uh, Google queries and sending the entire like geocode uh, JSON results back to the server for processing. Also in JavaScript, I don't know why he was doing this. Um, but and he was sending it in a git and git parameters, which would cut off the 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 query, the query string after, wow. after the maximum number of characters. And then it would crash the node process because it uh, couldn't de uh, decode the JSON object. Um, I, th I think for the good of uh, for the good of the <laughs> for the good of the web community at large and any business in the future, I think we are going to have to put this person down. Um, we're going to need to take them around yeah. the and, and just do it in the quickest way possible. But I, I do believe that that's the only solution. Yeah, but that was the absolute worst. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't PHP. So. 
Ah, there you go. But the, the weird thing is, they did that with Node.js, which is magically faster than everything and perfect. So I don't understand why that wasn't a web scale. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. There's still a lot of fuckings, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben, uh, we, we discussed the, other, the one other topic we were going to talk about today, and it's my favorite topic, which is me. Uh, As we all know, Phil Sturgeon loves talking about Phil Sturgeon. Yeah, <laughs> Phil, you wrote this. Uh, you wrote this interesting blog post about how you hate everyone now, and right. you're, you're leaving PHP and fuck everyone that still uses it because they're dumb. That's that's exactly what I said. You managed to distill that down to a very brief number. Of I'm points. really good at TLDRs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you uh, you folks have seen the the meme of the cat that's like fuck this, fuck that, fuck that as well, and fuck this thing in particular. But that's. That's how I think some people ended up seeing that blog post, which is unfortunate. Um, the, the blog post I wrote was pretty much like happily stepping into the shadows, which is like a, probably a fairly, fairly silly name for, it, for a blog post. But uh, the point wasn't so much about, um, you know, I, know, I know Ben was kidding, but the, the point wasn't about I'm leaving PHP, running away to Ruby or anything so grossly simplistic as that. It was more um, that... I am grateful and lucky to have had the, the, the large public profile that I've had, and it's given me amazing opportunities. Um, I've uh, been incredibly involved with open source for like a decade, and, and my involvement with open source got me the visa that I have in America. Um, it's got me work opportunities, and it's got me the fuck out of that financial services company in Bristol where they had the stupid towel thing. Um, it's, it's been great, and uh, the trouble is, because I... my profile grew to a certain size, um, everyone just was way too much in my life. Like, I like tweeting about stuff and saying where I'm going, but, um, you know, I I don't like everyone being as involved as they are. And that wasn't, that was, wasn't the main point. That was more of a side point. The trouble is, now pretty much any project I get involved with um, just has knives thrown at it. Like, yeah, I get involved with the PHP League, and, well, I, you know, was one of the few people that, that got that going. And people are screaming about how I'm running around the internet trying to steal other people's codes and mark it under my name to uh, inflate my own ego and really silly shit like this. Um, and then even the, the thing that made me write the blog post yesterday was just like the final straw was, uh, it, was it was just some asshole on Reddit and it was um, the same sort of shit you can expect on Reddit. But uh, this one person pretty much said, like it was when followphpdevs.com came out and uh, there were like a bunch of different problems with that. And... Uh, one person was like, why the fuck's Phil Sturgeon on there? I thought he, I thought it was awesome developers. And, and, and I was like, wow, that's a bit catty. But then the other problem was um, that, you know, it said PHP fig founder, and I'm not the founder of the fig. Um, so there's a bunch of different people having a big old piss and moan about that. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't ask to be on the list. They got it wrong, and now you're all fucked up. So because a bunch of people uh, talk about me being like, he's awesome, a bunch of other people were like, I'm tired of fucking hearing about Phil. Why don't you all just shut the fuck up? And I'm there like, guys, what the fuck's going on here? How about fuck all of you? Um, so I, it's more about how, because I don't write PHP anymore and I'm not even involved in this stuff anymore, like just everyone can just drop it. Like I'm, I'm not doing PHP. I'm working on other things. I'm looking forward to just focusing on my day job, looking after my turtle, uh, riding my bike. Um, and I don't need everyone to be like, whoa, Phil, or like, fuck Phil. Just everyone maybe just shut the fuck up about Phil, right? <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. So what you're saying is less Phil Sturgeon in our lives. Yeah, apart from on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sad, sad face. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it's, I'm just kind of tired of open source as well. So I've been doing it for 10 years, and it's amazing, and everyone should spend some time working on open source, but... 
I I spent a lot of time working on it, and I'm no longer I'm no longer I, I'm just trying to give away all my projects mostly because I'm not using any of them anymore. When you when you get to a point where you're like maintaining open source code for the fucking sake of it and like being this like master position of just like I'm such a good person because I am dedicating all my time to writing all this code and and I don't even fucking use it. Like a lot of people do that, and and I don't want to be that person because why would you bother? Um, there's so many other things you can do with your time that maintain code that you don't use or need or care about, right? Yeah, so I mean, that's another interesting point, too, for people that maintain a popular package, is um, open source can be pretty draining, and it's a pretty big time and emotional commitment. Um, Jen Schiffer has a pretty good talk on um, open source as a prison, and it's uh, really resonant. Yeah, she, she gave that talk at Thunder Plains last year, by the way. Oh, marketing! <laughs> <laughs> Expert. Expert. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, the, the, the being tied of open source thing is something that I've actually been speaking to a few people about, and um, I definitely don't want to be like an anti-open source advocate, and I'll probably end up open sourcing something else in the future, but um, i chat to a fair few people about how, how fucking tiring it can be, and like, there are so many problems with, with open source that, like I said, doing it for 10 years, I've experienced a lot of different things, a lot of different types of communities, some open source projects that have, you know, paid options, and some that have all these various different things, and you just have people demanding things and like you write, you don't write any documentation, obviously people are pissed off, but then you write, you spend like a fucking week writing documentation. I spent a lot of time writing docs for Fractal and then just yesterday I had someone pissing and moaning because um, the documentation didn't cover this random obscure thing that you're not meant to try and do. And you just, everyone, everyone wants everything for free and, and all of this, but the way that open source is really, I believe, meant to work, or the way, so I, I don't know, I can't say how it's meant to work, but the way that I've always tried to make it work is uh, when I'm doing something with my day job, or I'm consulting, or freelancing, or whatever, when I'm, when my main source of income, or, or a secondary source of income, is being derived from some code that I can share with other people, then I will release that. Um, and that's always been really helpful. Things like the Coding Matter REST server had like, 2,000 stars and was used by the Apple and USA.gov and the fucking United Nations for some reason. Um, and I never made a penny from REST server itself, but I did make a lot of money uh, writing articles and screencasts about it and, and using it as a basis for building APIs and freelance work and things like that. So if you can find a way to, um, not necessarily find a way to profit off of open source code, but if while you're profiting, you can release as much fucking code as you possibly can, then everyone's pretty happy with that. And my current job, uh, right? I work at Rive.com now, and we have an open source budget. So if whilst working on the Rails and Go stuff, I mentioned Go, you can drink. Uh, if whilst working on that, um, I come across something that I can open source, I can open source that and get an extra 5 or 10K. So I can definitely maintain that code, but I'm not going to try and maintain some PHP code when I don't even write PHP anymore. You know? Yeah, and um, you alluded to earlier, and it's something, of course, you and I have talked about in the past, is you have this sort of reputation that you've gathered over the years, and part of it's, um, part of this is kind of the persona, and part of it's just um, good marketing. And so people kind of just come at you assuming that you're an asshole, and assuming that they need to, uh, to kind of shout you down or fight you on things. And for anyone that's met you um, in person, they usually know that's not true. That's not necessarily who you are. You can just come off rather abrasive. So that's... I mean, maybe some time away will help with that. Maybe it'll, um, you know, yeah. that perception a bit. Because I know you do run into a lot of just people shitting on you immediately. Yeah, well, a lot of the problem is um, I, I, I happily accept abrasive. Like, I often don't um, it put enough, like, squirrels and hugs into my conversation because I'm trying to get to the point. But, um, yeah, one of the problems, one of the problems is that I used to be, 
well, he's a bit of an ass, but he does some great work. And now I'm not necessarily doing the great work. Like, no one knows what I'm working on. I'm just working on stuff at Riot. I'm adding new features to the API that they're never going to know about. And I'm not releasing a new thing for Code Igniter, right? So it used to be, well, he can be a bit of a prick, but he does some good stuff. But now that they don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just a bit of a prick, uh, <laughs> which isn't very helpful. Um, and the other problem, yeah, like it got to the point where people, because of these uh, preconceived notions of me, jumped in and they assume that I'm trying to start drama, that I'm trying to have an argument, that I'm trying to, I always think that I'm right, all these weird things. And I've noticed these things happen. Um, Definitely don't always think I'm right. I do love to write blog posts about, wow, I was really fucking wrong. Here's the things I learned. Like, being wrong is great. You learn stuff. Um, but the the thing with, like, arguing, it was always, I've had this varied career, and I've worked for startups and massive corporations and two-people companies and ten-people companies, and I I didn't used to understand what um, sexism in the workplace really was like in such a ways, and now I've seen it happen a lot, so I have these opinions. So uh, because of this varied career of talking to loads of different people, which I'm sure other people have too, um, I have accrued a, 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 a whole bunch of like contrasting viewpoints on a lot of topics. So I often try to provide those other viewpoints to other people. So when someone says, I believe X, and I'm like, well, actually, uh, if you work for this sort of company or you live in this area, then you might end up thinking why. And everyone's like, fuck you. How dare you say I'm wrong? I'm like, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to offer you other input that you don't necessarily have yourself. Um, and then someone else from PHP replies, and then my followers and their followers are all screaming at each other, and I've caught another fucking drama. So it's just, every time I try and open my mouth, it's drama. It, it, I feel like it just ended up being too much noise and nothing useful was happening. Um, <laughs> also, Paul, Paul was saying something about how I should fake my own death. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> get a fresh start. It's good. It's, it's healthy to rant, say, not to paint, but uh, haters going to hate. You know, I, I just, I, I just keep my head down. You know, that's how, that's how I deal with it. You know, people, people like you or they hate you, and you just got to keep your head down, man. Do what you like, do it, it makes you happy, and yeah. haters gonna hate, right? Well, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I mean, haters are gonna hate. I just got fed up with them hating. I know they are gonna do it, and I, I know that it's gonna happen. And it's not even, oh, I'm sad that not everyone likes me. It's more. I'm sick and tired of the inventive ways in which they are suggesting that I'm being un un unreasonable. Things like uh, I, I spent like a week uh, writing a conversion script to convert phptherightway.com into a PDF book. And I released that on my lean pub because Josh said, whatever, go for it. Um, and it's got his fucking name on the cover and, and, uh, and uh, it's got, you know, everyone's, everyone's thanked inside the book. And everyone's like, look at Phil breaking the Creative Commons license to sell this book under his own name like a prick. I'm like, firstly, <laughs> firstly, I'm not selling the book. It's free and donations go to the EFF. Like, all these crazy things that people just come up with. And I'm like, just fuck it. I, I don't need this shit anymore. Because I used to I used to make money from being a public figure. I used to, I used to you know, get to conferences. And I used to, um, uh, used to do consulting and, and contracting work based on, my, uh, based on my experience and my portfolio. So, like, all these, it used to be helpful, like, Having the, the public profile was a pain that I put up with because I was being paid to do so and making money from it, and it was helping. And now that I'm not, fuck it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can just focus on hanging out with my turtle and, and riding my bike and going to the bar. I don't need any of that shit. You know? well, that's good. And I mean, there's a, I think a lot of us have been through varying levels of this. There's probably a good chance you'll do that for a couple of years, and then you'll 
circle back around, right? I mean, it's, it seems to be kind of the cycle. Open source is something we love, yeah. but it's easy to get burned out on it. Yeah, probably. It yeah, might I be think, a six uh, month uh, Open source uh, projects in general uh, definitely work best when they're a, a byproduct of whatever you're making. Um, like, if you look at even the Rails project, I mean, the reason why, you know, DHH is even still involved is because he's running, he owns his business and he's running his entire business off Rails. Uh, that's why he's continuing to contribute it uh, to it, improve it, etc. because he's using it every single day. Um, so... Yeah, if you if you're at one job that uses one language or system, and then you go to another, like one job that might use you know Laravel or something, you might create a lot of Laravel packages or something, and then you move to another job that uses even within the same language that uses you know Symfony or Zend or something, um, you're gonna have this problem too. It's not just changing languages from PHP to Ruby or PHP to JavaScript or whatever uh, whatever it is. Um, it definitely has to be a byproduct of what you're building. Um, long term, so yeah. yeah, I've definitely experienced that myself. Just, just drop it on. That's that's pretty much why I stuck with PPI framework for so long because customers or companies who are you know wanting me to maintain it, and okay. and then I, I built a business around it for like four or five years. So um, yeah, that's kind of why I stuck with that. You know, so it's just yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point, Vance. To say yeah, byproduct, right? Because if you make, if yep. you say either by chance happens to be your job, then you're inspired, or if you were that inspired, like like I was, then you make it your job and you build a company around that technology. Yeah, I created a, a, a API testing framework called Frisbee JS, and I first created it like um, three or four years ago um, when I was helping. Um, uh, I worked with a uh, a church down here that made the the Bible app, uh, Bible.com, uh, Uversion.com, um, and it's it's insanely popular. I worked with them for um, to its life church uh, for like several years on contract uh, through Brightbit, and I built Frisbee to help them like test all the REST API endpoints because they were moving from an old like Kohana two app to uh, Python, and they needed something to test their actual API endpoints so they wouldn't break them for all their mobile clients because um, they get like five thousand requests a second uh, on Sunday morning and you know Wednesday when everyone like opens their Bible apps. Uh, but um, it was uh, I created it for that, and then I I didn't have an an everyday use for it for a while, and it's kind of been uh, it's kind of been languishing a little bit uh, until I got to use it um, last week, and I'm finally starting to get back into it uh, and update it some. So yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how you set yourself up so that you're always like using your open source projects. That's not always possible. Um, I don't know if there's any good <laughs> ultimate solution for that. Yeah, well, that was um, a, a founding purpose of the leap. Um, uh, not not just to inflate my ego, but um, yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty much like when you release code under your own personal name, then it's you and it like definitively is part of your life. It's under your GitHub repo. Um, and it can be quite annoying to give that away, or, or quite hard to, for someone else to take over. And if you if you move it, then it like breaks packages and breaks people's PHP code, and it's a real real serious problem. So that's why a lot of people often end up using framework stuff or like components from Symfony and Zen because they know that that's going to be good. Maybe it's slower or not quite as good as this one this random person over there made, but they know it's with Symfony and it's not going to vanish next week. Um, so that was again the point of the league was. We we quite often change things around, so I can uh, I can pass you know um, 
Fractal is currently listed under on packages is League slash Fractal. And then when I switch out for someone else, then guess what? It's the exact same thing. Um, someone else is just pushing their commits in instead of me doing it. So that's that's helped out a lot in the past where uh, I think OAuth 2 client, that was done by Alex Bilby because he was using it and then he didn't need it anymore. So uh, Ben Ramsey graciously took over and no one even noticed really apart from like maybe him tweeting about it. So um, I think trying to group up with a group of your friends or with your company or anything like that is, is a good way of doing it just to give it slightly more longevity than you because in six months time you might be dead or working at a different company or doing something else or just not care anymore like myself and, and anything can change in six months and if everyone's using your code and you're the only one that has any access to it then it's a bit of a fuck up. Sorry to say you might be dead in six months. That was very depressing. I'm, I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking from personal experience. I cycled in New York and I started longboarding, so I probably will be dead in six months. But I'm sure you guys are much more. <laughs> are you, yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually the Joker. I'm just saying, Phil. You might not be dead, but you might look like the Joker. Half a face. That that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> or half a half a half a body. You know, like grind. You've grinded like twenty feet. <laughs> I that's that's depressing and graphic, Paul. I'm concerned about your uh, your your imagination. Really? I thought that I thought that was pretty mild. Okay, I'll shut up then. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. I uh, yeah. I I think uh, I kind of like the idea of the league in general because I've heard um, counter arguments um, for having packages under like a company repository because there's a lot, there's other, there's counter concerns beyond the, so there's concerns on one side. If this is an individual who owns this, what if something happens to that individual? And then there's arguments on the other side. They're like, uh, well, if a company owns this package, um, what, you know, what is the company going to do with that? And, um, are they going to, you know, do, do some, you know, jerk move, some, Somewhere down the line, uh, you know, you just never know because there's some financial interests tied to the package when there's a company involved. Yeah, um, that's what the concern too. The company could kind of steal your work in that way, you know, like that's why I don't use hack. That's why I don't use hack. Is it say? Is it say? Like you know. You know, but he makes it, but he makes sales, and then it's like financial interest. I'm not saying hacks a bad project. I'm just seeing it as an example of a commercial entity building something, and it's not bound by like say ethics or open source ethics. It's like you know commercial uh, drive, right? Right. No, what's yeah. really not what's best for the project, but the best for the company because they need companies it. usually don't necessarily have morals or guilt, whereas a person hopefully does. Right. <laughs> I, I'd agree. Right. I, I, so I, if you're someone. I, I so, so that's what I was saying. I think something like the league is is a, is a good middle ground. But if you're so if you're not, but if you're not involved in the league or you're in some other language or something like how? I mean, how did you start this, Phil? Like, how did you go about doing this? Kind of uh, how now. What about the league? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, there's there's obviously concerns on both sides. If it's if it's if there's you know if there's financial interests involved, if it's a company that owns it, um, there's potential um, you know just dead um, dead projects if if it's just an individual. So like, what is the middle ground and is that the league and yeah, you know, I, mean, I think that's something kind of like it. So so I think I, I refer to the league as uh, a component vendor. Right, it's just a, a vendor that makes components, uh, which is exactly what Aura is now. That they don't have um, now, they don't actually have a framework component. They're, they're no longer marketing themselves as a framework, and they're just a bunch of useful components. 
Um, I want to see loads of these component vendors. I want to, I want competition with the league. I want loads of people to do this, and I want people to do it in every language. Um, I don't want people making the same fucking thing over and over again because that's kind of the point of what the league's trying to do. We're trying to make unique things. We're not making a framework. We'll never be a framework. Uh, we do have a router, but we didn't make the router. Someone else made a very popular one, and then they brought it over. So that might seem hypocritical, but it's not. Um, they, um, the idea of a component vendor is, yeah, it's not a company. So we're not, uh, you don't want, I do re regret earlier saying that like a company is a good place to put it. I'm just trying to, one end you've got the, a person who can be very flaky and the other end you have a company who wants to make money and needs like, doesn't have guilt or morals. Um, and then the middle ground is like a bunch of friends that can help each other and recruit other people. So, um, Maybe it should be an organization, like a not-for-profit, but that, that all seems very weird and formal and official and, and complicated, and you have to do, like, tax returns, I guess. It's literally just, like, grab some friends and make some stuff together. And then if one of you dies, your friends will know about it, and they probably have access to some stuff. Um, but <laughs> move away from death. Um, like, they can talk to your mom and ask for your computers so they can get in. Whatever. No. Uh, move away from death. <laughs> we have talked about death way too much on this podcast. It's because I started longboarding. I'm thinking about it a lot. I've had some very close calls with buses. Um, Are you about to turn 25, Phil? Is that the problem here? Sorry? Are you turning 25 soon? Is that our oh, no, I've, already, I've, already, I've already had my quarter life crisis last year. It was a very scary couple of months, but uh, no, I'm, I'm nearly 27, so I'm already over the hill. Um, no, <laughs> moving away from death, like even just boredom. Like if you and your friends are working on something, then you can talk to your friends about things quite easily. So um, Alex wasn't scared of coming to me and saying, uh, I'm no longer working on the OAuth 2 client, or he didn't feel like I'd scream at him, so he was, you know, forced to work on it for longer than he was. Um, he was just like, hey man, I've got this new job and things are a bit different. I'm not working on it. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. We'll find someone else. Like, okay. Uh, so you can all just work together as people that have brains and mouth words and, and just release things and swap them when you need to and take over and contribute on each other's code, but then like not, hopefully if you're friends, you can avoid overstepping and like doing too much on their project and, and things like that. So I think, yeah, just getting a few people that you like working with that maybe you freelance with now and then um, and just make a silly name or, or whatever for your, for your team and, uh, and just release code under that instead of every single person uh, releasing it under their own name, uh, mostly because people's names are hard to spell. So if you go with something catchy and easy, then you can do that. There are some developers that, like, again, I, don't, I always pick on the Russians, but, like, they have some really hard names. And, or, like, Polish people, they there are a lot of Ys and Zs, and it's like, um, maybe you can come up with a, a team name for yourselves, for your component vendor, that's easier to memorize and market and brand, and then everyone wins, right? Yeah, or everyone calls you a, you, you a jerk. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the downside there is that people think that they aren't, um, <laughs> it's fair. The, the, the biggest pushback I've seen to the league is that people think that uh, the people working on the packages aren't promoted enough, and that's a very valid concern. Um, I think if, if we were to, like, hide the contributors and just say, like, it's all the league, we are this Borg hive state, and no one, you know... Um, you don't have a name anymore. You're just League Person One. Like that would all be terrible. But um, right on the fucking page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not a number. I'm a free man. Um, right on the homepage, right next to the package, it says their fucking name in big letters. And and there are the developers that 
that no one really knew of before that made an amazing piece of code that had like one star and then we get them on the league that brings um, all the people together then like other people can talk about it and they get more attention and now their package has like a thousand stars right so the whole if you're part of a group then you lose your identity um, is is a bit of a, a false argument even though it does seem like a valid concern yeah and I I'm also not necessarily a fan, but this is something we should argue out for another episode because we're um, hitting up on our time. And somehow it'll circle back to death if we discuss the league any further. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have any final points on the things we discussed tonight? Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Uh, thanks everyone for the group PHP therapy session. It was uh, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't cry. It was close. Well, so there's stuff on IRC and things like that, like QA. People, Cali asked a question, but I quit my IRC client, so I lost it. Nah, I got it back. But was, Cali was asking, asking PHP 7 questions and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not super relevant, so we might want to save that because that could be a big topic. Yeah, we'll use that as, the, so. as a starter for the next episode. I literally have uh, three minutes left on my battery as well, so this would be a great time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, Paul and Vance. It's been great having you. We appreciate it. And sorry it took us so long to get the schedule. We've been working on this for like a month now. So. It's all good. It's all good. All right. All right. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. See you next time. See ya. Wait for it.